Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Oh my gosh, I'm telling you, I cannot believe how every hour I am doing a sanity check on myself. And, you know, one of the things that I love is that I studied, and many of you know this, we all take a look at what stress is. But then what happens when it actually hits us? And it's unrecognizable to us. And, you know, it's really fascinating to me. And I hope I get to share this during the show. But I spent six days working on a project, an upcoming crowdfunding project, without realizing that I had spent three months on the same project, but under a different name. And, you know, one of the things that I love about this, and Benny, we got a great show. We're fired up, pumped up, powered up today because Chef Rossi's here. And we're going to talk about love, love in the time of Corona. And the reason we're going to talk about this is because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. And so when we're in that mode and we're in that that vibe that we can't shake ourselves out of, what is the thing that will snap us out of that faster than you can shake a stick? That is what we're talking about today with somebody that knows the ups, the downs, the ins, the outs, but She and I share one thing in particular we love, the love of food and what that means. But besides all of that, what can we do to not lose our mojo here? Chef Rossi, for those of you know, you've seen her on the show before. Um, If you ever have heard anything about the raging skillet, that's her, Chef Rossi. Um, If you've heard her on the show before and have read her book, that's her, Chef Rossi. But here's the thing I want to say. When you are somebody like her and you're somebody like me, there's one thing that will cause us to just literally start to scratch our heads. And that's when we're doing nothing about something we could do something about. Chef, it's great to have you. Welcome. Oh, Dr. Pat, I'm so happy to be back. I missed you. But honey, I have to tell you something. I'm going to have to leave now because Benny just said, don't forget, Chef Rossi, no swearing on the show. I have nothing to say. (laughs) 
You know what? I, I will have to, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll have to redo this on my, uh, on the uh, digital version of the network on TV. Oh, then we can let loose, right? You could just yeah. come up with, you know, an uh, additive, like, you know, big shoe or something like that, uh, you know, something okay. very similar or close. That works for okay, me. Okay, so every time I want to say a certain word, I'm yeah. going to go shiitake. Yes, shiitake. there we go. That works. I like that. Shiitake. Oh, shiitake. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, we could go old school to when I was a teenager and I used to stutter. Now, I can talk about this because I was a stutterer. I actually do a whole skit about this. But if you're somebody like me that grew up, and I'm telling you, I, I was like a mess, a hot mess. In my teenage years, I was a hot mess. You know, here I am trying to be who I am, right? Couldn't get a half a sentence out. And you can, I got to tell you, you want to hear something hilarious, it's when I used to try to get cuss words out. And my <laughs> remedy to that was I found that it was easier to cuss in Italian ah, than it was in English. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. No wonder we get along so well. Jews and Italians, we love each other. Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, I was actually, okay, this now I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to digress for a moment. I was going through the Passover, right? The, the television version, correct? Uh-huh, sure. The Zoom Passover. The Zoom. And I love to participate in this because, you know, I look at, I dated somebody and I learned so much about a different version of God than I knew anything about, right? Sure. But here I am and I'm doing the thing. And all of a sudden, you're going to laugh at this, right? There's a part in the ceremony where you need parsley, fresh parsley, oh, right, correct? Right. What did you have? Fresh parsley. I didn't have fresh parsley. The only thing I had was some oregano still growing outside. I knew you were going to say that. It was going to oh, be oregano my God. or basil. What a horrible experience. <laughs> that didn't taste good, no. Oh, my God. Look, but here you and I, why is it we can still be so upbeat? I want to ask you, catch us up. You are in the food industry. You're also in New York. And I think everybody on the planet has got to know a name that they didn't know before, uh, thanks to your governor. Right. But here we are today. You are in the food industry. You are seeing this up close and personal in New right. York. But yet you're here talking about love. What's up? Well, what else is there? I mean, for crying out loud, listen, I'm a wedding caterer. So I do bus mitzvahs and bar mitzvahs and weddings and large events. Like for us, a really small event is 100 people. So the second the CDC made that announcement, no groups larger than 50, I was like, well, there it goes. I mean, I, I would listen to people complaining. I lost 50% of my business. You know it's bad when you hear someone say that and you feel jealous. So we lost 100% of our business. Right. All of our weddings, bar mitzvahs, bus mitzvahs, all of them. First in March, then in April, then in May, then in June. And now I just lost July too. So you have to just kind of let go. I mean, I could spend all my time rolling in self-pity and feeling sorry for myself. But the truth of the matter is that there are so many people less fortunate. A lot of the people who work for me are less fortunate. A lot of the catering people are living check to check. So for them to suddenly not have any of those checks, I mean, really means how are they gonna pay the rent? And even more so, 
how are they going to fill the refrigerator? I have good friends that are, have been living on peanut butter and crackers. And so what can I do? What can I do is I can cook. And so I have this gorgeous giant commercial kitchen sitting empty on the Lower East Side, which breaks my heart. So first I would just go to the kitchen to just put the gate up and just pet it. I'd just go around and pet it. Hi, baby, I'm here just to say hello. And then I was like, what am I, nuts? I'm gonna start cooking. So it started with, I had a hundred pounds of carrots and a hundred pounds of onions that were gonna rot since all our events canceled. So I said, oh, I'm gonna make carrot soup. I'm gonna make chicken soup. So I just started making giant vats of soup and I had my wonderful friends come by and some filled their, refreez their freezers up and started giving them out to people in need. And I've been giving them to my neighbors and everyone I hear about. And the thing is, it's like, I can't change what happened. I can't really help what happened. Um, but you know what, I can give you soup. And so some of the people in my life who I adore, who would normally be working with me, just sending them home with soup and a few rolls of toilet paper too, let's oh. be real. You know, it's like, I, I got to feel like Jewish Santa Claus for a second. And so now I'm, I'm doing it every week. This week I cooked yesterday, I came in and I made like a bathtub of lentil soup and a bathtub of, of red kidney bean soup. And it's also kind of fun. I crank up the music because I'm all alone in the kitchen. I don't really want to bring staff in. Although my wonderful sous chef, Gloria, and my wonderful office manager, Celeste, are coming in this week to help give out the food and chop onions and wash dishes. But most of the cooking I've been doing on my own. So I just blare up the music and I dance around the kitchen and I substitute Corona for the main, the, the main lyrics of whatever song I'm doing. I keep waiting for them to play my Sharona. I was so ready for that. My Corona. But it I know. Hasn't, it hasn't come on yet. So I have I, to do more of a stretch. I got to tell you, I don't know if Benny could make it happen, but um, when I was like super crazy depressed in my life, not that that, I mean, people find it hard to believe me. Right? I believe it because you can't oh, be totally. so up unless you know what down is. Oh my God. No kidding. Right. I mean, I look, you know, my story, mom commits suicide at six. So every time I hear about an ER doctor committing suicide, I know how bad this is, how, what we're oh not God. talking about. I know it. Yeah. Um, but you know, everything about this, even being homeless in New York, what I learned about being homeless in New York and people say that's ridiculous, Pat. I said, wait a minute, let me just be clear homeless in a place where you have the top restaurants on the planet, right? And if you hang out in the dark alleys long enough and you get to know these sous chefs that are going out for a smoke, before you know it, you are getting chicken cordon blue for right, yourself, right, right? right? But I got a solution for you. What's that? Because Linda is my Jewish Christmas because she came out here and spent a lot of time with me and went back right at the beginning of when this was happening. And by the way, my neighbors, my friends right upstairs, they got it, I didn't get it, but she went back. So, but Linda by her very nature has to be part of the Jewish Christian movement because before she left, she said, we're going to Costco. We got, this, this was not, this was just stocking me up because she knew I wouldn't. She knew I'm the peanut butter cracker girl. 
that she's is such a good she's such a good a good lady paper she's towels nice. toilet paper toothpaste all the essentials but how do we because i wasn't kidding earlier in the show when i said I've been racking my brains for seven days because we want to give back. We cannot have independent voices go silent. We just cannot have this happen. We're already seeing it in the media. You know, we're seeing the channels that are getting the ratings. And so we started to put our crowdfunding together to save voices. And this is what happens when you're like, so trying to get things done in your stress. I forgot we started a campaign to launch AI for the soul about eight months ago. And I want to ask you this, there's an energy to giving chef. See, that's what you're talking about. There's a lot of energy. Tell me about how important that is and how powerful that's been for you and what you've been doing. Well, I've always known this. I mean, during the worst times of my life, when I I just felt like the black wall was coming my way, the only thing that made me feel better was if I would do something for someone else. I remember one day I was on my way to work. I was having a terrible, terrible day and a lot of bad things had happened that week. And honestly, I don't even remember what any of them were. And I guess it's not the least bit important, which is kind of a statement in itself. But I was on my way to work and I was racked in anxiety. And when I got to the corner and I was in a rush, I needed to get there. I didn't stop. It was a nice day. I didn't stop to feel the breeze or look at the flowers or any of that shiitake. And I got to the corner and there was a little old lady who I hadn't realized was blind and she called out to me. So I'm a New Yorker. I'm like, I'm not going to answer some crazy old lady calling out to me, you know. She called out to me and she said, could you help me, please? I can't see. And I was like, oh, then I felt like a piece of shiitake. So I, I walked her across the street and then she, she asked if I would walk her to her bus. And I was actually a few blocks away, a few blocks out of my way. But I walked her to her bus and we talked and I forgot all about whatever it was I was upset about. And I waited till she got on the bus. And after the bus pulled away, I realized I wasn't the least bit upset and tied. I felt good inside. I'd completely forgotten about everything that had been giving me anxiety. And I just thought that that little old lady was a message from whatever higher power we have. If you believe in God, a message from God. And, you know, I've had that lesson so many times in my life. I don't always remember it, you know, but sometimes I just need a good slap on the head. And that's what that old lady was. And so the same thing... And part of what you do is you're hilarious. I mean, humor is part of your giving too. Right, that's true. You, you know, you I know you have a giant heart. My God, you are regular on the show. We've got to know each other. You're an advocate like crazy town, right? That's um, right. And you've got to have a sense of humor. I mean, I'm doing these like, um, I'm doing these Facebook lives from like my home, right? I know, it looks very cute. I'm checking out. I'm checking out your house right now. I love the cupboard back there. It's really adorable. So you want to laugh. So one of one of our listeners it t- sends me a message and says, "Oh my God, you're doing your hair like the picture in the background." And I'm oh, looking at the picture. I see it. Can you see it? I see it. And and she says every day I look to see 
how much like the hair and I can't now I'm fixated on this so today when I got on and I'm looking I'm like wow it really does look like in the picture well Pat I always knew you were a punk rocker at heart I'm totally a punk rocker yeah. I, I mean honestly I am uh, look I am the gay pride girl that rides her 71 chopped Harley down the middle of the streets of Seattle I mean this is my nature right yeah baby um, it's it yeah. uh, what do you think let me ask you this because you are in new york right it's one thing for us to watch the governor and to hear about new york and and march march potassic one of our other hosts new york right but we have no sense of it and i tried to explain this to a friend of mine chef when they show the pictures like a times square and there's nobody there I, oh, it's unbelievable. I've been walking around. Well, I, my favorite thing to do in the city, I live downtown and my kitchen's downtown. I love walking to the East River and walking down to South Street Seaport and back. Yeah. That's a good nine mile walk for me. And sometimes when I have energy, I'll go around the horn, which means around the tip of the city and up the west side and come back that way. And I started taking pictures of what I'm just calling empty New York. I mean, it's such a bizarre experience because, I mean, I was down by the Freedom Tower. And this is the Wall Street area right around rush hour. Normally, it would just be insane. And I was the only one on the street. I just felt like I was in some sort of the day after the earth stood still horror movie or something. And even though it was very eerie and surreal and sad and spooky, it was also kind of beautiful in a haunting sort of way because I'd always loved the architecture of old New York. Not oh, so fond of, of the architecture of yeah. new New York, all the glass, but I love old New York. And yeah. looking, looking at these beautiful buildings with nothing in front of them and no one in front of them, they really are just so beautiful. And then, of course, all the nature is taking off. There's flowers everywhere because no one's picking them. The birds are singing because no one's bothering them. The sky is clear because no one's polluting it. And that's all a sad and twisted beauty, too. So I just feel like when this is all over, if the lesson from all of this could be the love that everyone got when they huddled with their family because they had to, and the nature that was able to bloom because we weren't destroying it, our nature and our planet, if that could be the lesson to have love, to save the planet, to stop destroying the planet, to stop hating, to stop having war, then, I mean, you know, at least there would be something good that came of all of this. You know what I love about us? And you're going to have to help me with this. Uh, and Benny, we're going to go, uh, Benny and Olivia, we're going to go right up to the half hour before we break. Isn't that fun? You have to be doing a show 16 years to announce on, on, on air to everybody in the world that you're adjusting the break, right? <laughs> um, the thing that happens, and I know you're part of this too, <clears throat> but we're going to talk about, you're going to give us some tips on eating because I must admit, I have not been good. I mean, I, I'm eating and I'm, I'm, I'm eating healthy. I'm not junking it, but I'm not cooking like I know I should cook. But one of the things I want to ask you about is a friend of mine said, you're talking to Chef Rossi today. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm thinking, how does she even know Chef Rossi? She says, you got to ask her this question for me. You got to ask Chef Rossi, how those of us that are so in the activist arena 
And she said, Pat, I'm just telling you, putting that mildly, you know what I mean. We are in the activist arena. How do we be in that arena and maintain a sense of sanity? And mm -hmm. I think I know what she was saying. Because to be honest with you, to have the president of the United States tell people to ingest disinfectant is the most- Oh my God, oh my God. Um, and so I understand what she's saying, but these are people that are activists anyway, right? How do we help people stay kind and yet stay in the vibe of being a change maker? Well, it's not easy. I mean, first of all, right now, it's actually much easier if you're not very intelligent. Because if you're not very intelligent, and if better yet, if you're extremely unintelligent, and if you're not very sane, and better yet, if you're extremely insane, um, and if you're not very interested in humanity, and better yet, you're extremely disinterested, and you're really just not bright and not sane, and kind of don't care about anyone but yourself, then you're having a pretty good time right now because then you don't mind what we're seeing the president say. You don't mind him destroying the planet. You don't mind everyone dying. You don't mind any of that. You probably are kind of enjoying yourself. But if you have half a brain and you care about the world, you're very upset right now. And if you actually want to do something for the world, for the better, then it, you're spectacularly upset right now. But the problem is that it takes a lot of energy banging your head against the wall. Plus I have beautiful wax walls. I don't know if you can see them. And I, I saw that. Thank you, dear. And did you see my class shirt too? Stand up, let's see that. There we go. Okay, I like it. I'm wearing a, pu a push-up bra too. Okay. Also, just for you, I'm wearing a bra. You know, during Corona, that's, you know, who knows. Anyway, I totally get it. I mean, I, I have to contemplate that every day. It's a whole decision process, you know? Now, I know that you couldn't tell this, but I even contemplated shaving my legs for you, but then I thought that's too much. It's over the top. A little over the top. But so you're right about this. You know, my mom used to say, and, and I have to tell you, for most of my life, this has been me. You know, I have been called the most naive, right? Mm -hmm. Linda calls me that, you know, that's kind of a thing for me. And so most of my life, ignorance has helped me a lot. Now, ignorance is not the same as stupid. They're not the same. No, no, not but the same. Ignorance means you just don't know. Ignorance is the what has me. Bliss. Yeah, I move forward at record speed, applying for master's program after I got fired, doctoral program, because I didn't know better. Because I didn't know if somebody would have said to me, oh, wait, you don't stand a chance in dot, 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 because you need dot, dot, dot. I would have never applied. But I was that one in a million. That happened to one day get mm -hmm. into a school because on that one day, somebody was substituting for the recruiting dean. And she was a single mom who got, and she let six of us in the program. But this is a time where ignorance will get you only so far well you just can't live you can't stay like that you know i think about the lessons of history you know a lot of people really don't like to look back and they really should and i'm not saying we should live in the past but we should learn from it so in history i think about for instance all of the good and decent people who lived in nazi germany there were a lot of people who lived there who didn't want to see 
the mass genocide of the Jewish people who didn't want to see everyone who was homosexual or Jehovah's Witness or, or disabled be put in a camp, be murdered. But, you know, they would just kind of live in denial and ignorance and they didn't want to make a fuss and they didn't want to make waves and it was too much trouble. And then the next thing you know, it was dangerous to make a fuss and make waves. And there were other people who did make a fuss, who did make waves. And a lot of them saved a lot of lives. A lot of them lost their lives because they made a fuss. But I got to think, you know, that they were really living and they were really giving to whatever the whole point of living is. Because if you're gonna take up space on this world and not fight for anyone or anything and let evil and bad things happen around you and not do anything to change them, then what's the point? Like if there is a point, what is the point? Um, right now, I think people are really kind of ex exaggerating who they are. So for instance, if you are a frightened person in general, during this pandemic, you're going to be more frightened. If you're an angry person, angry, or a sad person, sadder. If you're a person that's really a doer, you're probably doing more. You know, everything is kind of exaggerated. It reminds me of a lesson I found out uh, when I was younger about what happens when you get old, which is like someone who was a very sweet person. People would always see these sweet little old ladies. Oh, what a sweet little old lady. How did she get so sweet? She was probably always sweet, but then she retired and the kids moved out and she had more time on her hands. So she just became extremely sweet. And what about that nasty old lady that keeps hitting you in the shins with her grocery cart? She was probably always a, what's a good word for B, the B one? Uh, a Beatrice. That's it. Yay! Anyway, so now, <laughs> now she's an extreme Beatrice. Anyway, it's the same thing with Corona. But I had an interesting experience yesterday. So I went to the kitchen and I was cooking up all this soup. And, and then I had to wash the dishes, which I hate. And I've been able to delegate that for 30 years. So I'm not very good at it, trust me. And then afterwards, I left the kitchen and it was very dark and cold. And it started to rain on me. And I really wasn't in the mood. Um, and I just started feeling kind of sad. And since this happened, I haven't let that happen to me at all. I've been moving yeah. forward and forward yeah. and forward. And then I said, you know what? Maybe it's okay to just let myself have a little sadness. Maybe that's, that's right. okay too. And I walked through the park and rain was kind of dripping on the trees and even the trees seemed like they were bent in sadness. And I really let myself stay with it. And I got home and I like made some tea and I just sat quietly with it. And I said, no, it's okay to have this too. But then of course I said, I texted my friends. I said, I'm giving myself 45 minutes to wallow in my depression and then I'm moving on. And so, and there, I actually stretched it for an hour and a half, but now I'm done. And today, well, today, I, today I feel great. Well, we're going to take a short break, but I want to talk about this because I had the same thing. When did that happen for you? Was it like yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Um, it happened to me yesterday. What time? Uh, it happened to me. I can't remember when I texted Linda and I finally said, oh, my God, I'm like having a little meltdown. Right. Yeah. I don't remember. But it well, started. It was, the, it was like between five and seven o'clock New York time. That's exactly right. Five and seven your time or my time? My time. Yes, because that's what it was. It was about the afternoon for me. 
was right about so the we afternoon. Were, we were having a kismet moment. We were tell, we were like connected. But when we come back, I want to talk about those moments because if we don't feel what we're feeling, and I mean, if we don't give ourselves the the, the feeling, it, it's not like it goes away. No. It's not like right. So you feel it, and you can give it away. Right, but you can't run inside, from it. Inside, right? It's inside, like the rotten cucumber I found in my refrigerator yesterday. Right? It's just hanging out in there in its little plastic bag. It was unrecognizable. Like I looked at that thing and I said, "What are you?" And then it like hit me. And I'm thinking, that's the way I felt yesterday, mm. like that, like the alien baby I had to really give birth to and get rid of it. When we come back, we're going to give food tips. We're going to give walking tips and things to get us out of ourselves. But we're also going to talk about the fact that gratitude and anger, resentment, frustration, all of that, if you're in gratitude, none of those can be with you. Yep. Chef Rossi, we'll be right back. I'm going to give you lots of information about who she is, about her. And if we can figure out a way to get Linda from Jersey to your place safely, she is the queen of dishwashing. She oh, loves. send her over. I'll okay. load her up with soup. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back, everybody. Living a richly abundant life sound too good to be true? Listen in to Richly Abundant Women with Julie Steelman on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Embrace a vibrant future of breaking free financially and creating a richly abundant life filled with prosperity and growth. To learn more about Julie Steelman and Richly Abundant Women, visit www.juliesteelman.com. Hey, how's it going? If it's stressful or just plain exhausting, New Light Living is here to ask, is this the way you want to live? Join me, your intuitive spiritual life coach and host, Arika Sullivan, every week on New Light Living. Discover the power of creative tools to start living every day as your ideal dream day. See your life in the new light. To learn more, visit newlightliving.com. A word of caution, if you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, this book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Are you willing to challenge everything you've been taught about life and death? Join Angie Corbett Kuyper on her hit show, Beyond Grief Radio. Redefining loss and grief as Angie shares through choice, present moment awareness, and keeping an open mind that creating anything is possible, even in death. Tune in every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information or to listen to past shows, visit AngieCorbettKuyper.com. The vibration of change, that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease, from stagnation to forward movement, from old ways of being to new ways of becoming. If you're like I am, 
it can be rather elusive to get there. But when you are in it, you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life, from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. I got to give a shout out to Governor Cuomo, who beautifully described Sundays in an Italian family about two weeks ago. I want to say he did a really good job of that. Left a couple things out. You know, I emailed him about that. But, you know, like in any kind of ethnic group, there are northern Italians, there are Sicilians, there are the people of the Calabrese in the middle. Like any ethnic group, there are different traditions. So I'm going to let him slide on that. Chef Rossi is here today. Chef, before we keep going, and you're going to give us some tips. Oh, yeah. How do people find out about you and about your book? All right. Well, uh, you can always find me on my website, theragingskillet.com. And my page on Facebook is Chef Rossi NYC. I'm Chef Rossi on Twitter. I'm Chef Rossi NYC on Instagram. There's all kinds of places to find me. The Raging Skillet is out. You can get it at your local bookstore, uh, which I think you support. My friend Laura just told me, and I should have written it down. I think it's bookshop.com or bookshop.org. It's a great way to support independent bookstores. And of course, you can always get it on Amazon. And I've written my second memoir, Queen of the Jews, which please God, I hope you see sometime soon. My agent's shopping it around now, but I think all the publishers are broke because of Corona. So I hope you get to see it sometime soon. Oh, I'm sure that's going to come out. There's no question about that at all. Um, uh, but the other thing, too, is people may not know this about you. You know, Raging Skillet was taken and, you know, it was also turned into screenplay slash play. And you did that for a while. It was adapted for the stage and it premiered in Hartford, Connecticut in 2017. It was sold out for five weeks at Theater Works. My friend Jacques Lamar adopted it, adapted it, excuse me, but I like saying adopted because it's like, <laughs> like you adopted a baby. And since then, it's gone on to the Wellfleet Harbor Actors Theater in Cape Cod. It's gone on to Cambridge for one night at the Nora, to the Jewish Play Project on 14th Street, to the New Jewish Theater in St. Louis. It's six different places. Wow. It's supposed to open in Sedona, Arizona, and at the Emerson Theater Collective collaborative this may 7th so it's very sad unfortunately had to be postponed but it's going to be postponed it's still happening awesome cast and we're hoping it'll be maybe uh i guess spring next year so look out for it and how about like uh we're going to keep the door open for you know folks out there either picking it up as some kind of movie for television or something a movie and i've already written the screenplay so if you're interested call me Awesome. Look, you have got a ton of tips. I mean, you just Mm -hmm. shared a little bit about the cooking. Um, You know, this is fascinating. This is an interesting time. I was saying to uh, someone here, I I live in the Pacific Northwest, right? But I grew up on the East Coast. And one of the things we did on the East Coast in the Bronx 
is every summer we would have these block parties, right? Oh, nice. Now I know we can't gather, but there are things that people can do. You can have a block party and literally everybody can cook and put their food out and you've got to keep your distance, but you can do this in an organized way and have some fun. But you know, I got to ask you, for people that are not part of that kind of organizing, what can we help them with? Because food will either help us stay upbeat or not, depending upon what we put in our mouths. There's a lot of ways to have community. I mean, uh, right now in New York, and I think probably just about everywhere else, a good example of that is every night at seven o'clock at night. It's the most wonderful, wonderful part of my day when I open my window and I get out a big giant pot and a big metal spoon and exactly from seven o'clock at night till 7.05, bang the hell out of it and yell, thank you and hoot. And there's someone playing drums and blowing a horn and everyone's clapping. So all over New York, the most wonderful experience happens in five minutes from seven o'clock to 7.05 at night. And everyone in those five minutes feels less alone and feels so much love. I've gone up on my roof and walked down the street and it's just, it's wonderful. In terms of food community, I mean, I know I have a lot of love because I've been delivering food up and down the stairs. I have my wonderful upstairs neighbor, G-Man, who's a vegetarian, so I bring him lentil soup. I've got my neighbor, Tracy, and I've got someone I went to high school with named Sarah, who's a couple blocks away, and I'm delivering them soup. And people are helping each other. So my downstairs neighbor said to me, look, I can't cook, but I can sew. So I delivered her a quart of soup and she sewed me a mask. And it's this kind of great barter exchange. There's a juice place around the corner from me. I love going there and getting a green juice. And she decided to stay open. She couldn't keep on any of her staff. So she's doing all the work herself and she stayed open. And I went to get a juice one day and she said she was starving. She said she's there all the time. She doesn't have time to cook and she doesn't have any food in the neighborhood that she likes. I started bringing her food and she started giving me juice. She wouldn't take my money after that when I tried to pay her. She's like, just gave me juice every time I came in and I brought her food every time I came in. And I thought, this is how it used to be hundreds of years ago. You would go and give someone a chicken and they would give you a cow. I mean, well, maybe that's not a fair exchange, but you get the idea. No, I totally get it because, you know, even my grandpa, both my grandpas, Right. But my grandpa, you know, had his herb garden in the Bronx. I think this was a cover. Right. I think he was taking numbers. I think this ah, excellent. used tires on this big lot. You know, I mean, what is he doing with these tires? Numbers was a very noble profession. It a is lot of charities. A lot of minority groups got funded by the number taking. I oh. mean, really helped Detroit. You know, I think it was very noble. It was a big thing in the Bronx. Yeah, it really yeah. was. Um, uh, and, and, you know, I would know this firsthand. It's really interesting how you know these things, right? But, you know, as I was thinking about this, that is the thing. You know, Grandpa, Grandpa Basili used to make wine. And so he would exchange the wine, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where he got the grapes from. Who knew where any of my relatives got any of their raw materials from? Mm-hmm. My dad worked for a trucking company. So he is like... So, a case, my dad, oh, a case of scotch fell off the truck. And I, right, right, it fell off the back I, of the truck. But that's like how, how it does, back then. How does it not break? 
I, I waited till I was like 30 and I said to my dad, okay, you got to tell me, how did the case of scotch not break? And he would just laugh. But isn't laughter part of the remedy here too? Everything. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, we, I think we have the same kind of, of lineage because my grandfather had an illegal bar that he opened in the back of his tailor shop. So he had a tailor shop where the back of the shop was right over the water. And so he opened up a little illegal bar for Jewish sailors. And these Jewish sailors would kind of float up to the back of his shop and he would have all this moonshine and they would have this great speakeasy in the back of his shop. And that was how he was conducting business. And then later on, I found out that my grandmother on my father's side was making gin in the bathtub. And I didn't know, but evidently there really was something bathtub gin. I guess it was really a thing. No, it really was. I mean, and, and then, you know, then you got my stepmom's side of the family. And so they're from the deep South, right? right? And I've shared this story before, how all of us girls used to drink the moonshine and add water as if nobody's going to know that, right? But part of this too, and this is really hard for people, Chef. I want to ask you about this. We hear a lot like on television, call somebody, pick up the phone, right. you know, go ahead and do this right. and do that. I think the best thing, the best thing that has come out of this is finally in close to what, 1934, I don't even know what year we're in, almost a hundred years, all of the 12 step programs went digital. So I think that, that to me is one of the breakthroughs out of this. That's a good thing. It's like, yeah, no, you never can do it online now. Okay, you can, but Here's the thing I want to ask you, creativity and eating. For people that can't cook all the time, right. there's got to be a mindfulness we could help them with today to say, you may not be able to cook a big batch of soup, but maybe chef, Chef Rossi, you could give people some tips so sure, that we're absolutely. not 24-7 with the peanut butter. You know what? Uh, for me, the way it works best is to try to have a big cooking day and then okay. just have things that you fill your freezer with. Yeah. So I'll go into the kitchen and I'll make a big giant vat of chicken soup. And then I'll wind up with like 20 quarts of soup. Maybe I can only fit 10 quarts in my freezer, but you could, someone else can fit 10 quarts in there. Right. And then you just take out a quart or you freeze them in pints in smaller containers. Just take out a pint. Every time you want chicken soup, pop it in the microwave. But also something like that can become a base for a thousand other things. So my chicken soup has also become chicken and sweet potato hash. Has also become chicken pasta. Has also become chicken and potato hash with eggs. You know, it just kind of keeps going and going and going. Um, and vegan and vegetarian things too. Tips I have for people to load up on because grocery shopping is really not a pleasant experience during this. You feel a little paranoid. Everyone else feels paranoid. You don't want to get too close to anyone. And you go to the store and half the things you want are not there anyway. So my best advice is don't bother with all of that prepped and washed salad. I mean, we all love to get our salad like that, like a mescaline mix. But then if you don't eat it right away, it turns into salad swamp. So get salad that's not prepped and you just have to do the washing and the tearing yourself because like what else are you really gonna do right now? It's not like you don't have the time. Load up on potatoes and sweet potatoes and root vegetables because they last forever. And if you just roast off a whole bunch of sweet potatoes, you can have them with everything. You can have them with eggs. You can throw them into a soup and make it a stew. You can have it as a side dish. When I was a bodybuilder back in the 80s, I know that's so hard to imagine, 
but I was really into it. And I was too. Right? I'm like, yeah. You know, all of the bodybuilders used to sit around eating cold sweet potatoes. They would roast them off one day a week and just put them in their gym bag. And that's what they would munch between workouts. They'll do that, by the way, oh, table tennis, right? right? It's great energy. That is a big thing to have those, those uh, they, it's room temperature now, but they provide you with, uh, what do you call it? Energy and vitamins, right? Right, everything. They're a great form of carbs. They're delicious. They're sweet. They kind of satisfy every kind of craving. I mean, granted, you don't have to roll them in chocolate, you know, but they're great. And I also think it's great to load up on dry beans. I mean, that lasts forever. You can buy a bag of beans and it's still good two years later, like dry beans, dry chickpeas, lentils, all those kind of things. Every time you want them, bam, you got your bean soup, you got your chickpea curry, you have your lentil soup, you have your hummus. There's like a thousand things that come of that. Another thing I did when I was getting ready for my Zoom Passover Seder, which we have to talk about, I had to hard boil a few eggs for my Seder. So I thought, well, why don't I just hard boil 24 or 30 of them? And cause you know, less is more. And you know what, I took them home and for the next couple of weeks, every time I wanted a protein boost or like in breakfast with a little salt on a salad, when I was feeling low energy, I had a hard boiled egg and I would peel it and there it was. So there's all kinds of easy things you can do to just make your house more nutritious and just kind of load you up. Yeah, I mean, I gotta tell you, you know, what we're talking about are great tips. You know, for people that are listening, and for those of you on Facebook, I want to give a shout out to all of our Facebook people, Albert, Terry, Vicki, all of you out there. Thank you for tuning in. Um, but one of the things, too, is there's something that warms us inside, right? When we could think of putting a hand out for somebody else during this time. Right. And I think that is one of the hardest things for a lot of people to do. It's get that first start where you're not feeling great yourself right now. And I got to tell you, for the people that are listening, I know what it's like to be depressed. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to feel lonely. I know what that's like. And so what we're talking about today is hopefully to encourage you to take like that baby step, that baby step. Um, and so that baby step may not be like chef and me. It's like, maybe you're not, maybe you're not gonna cram a, a legal size tournament table tennis table with a robot <laughs> into this little room or walk nine miles but you can get up and get dressed and take a shower, right? See what we're saying right. here? There's so many things you can do. I, you know, if you want to stay healthy, first of all, you have to keep exercising. You have to keep moving. Because if you get out of this and you have just been sitting and watching TV for three weeks and not exercising, it's not good for you. You're not gonna feel good. You're not gonna look good. It might be fun, you know, and you can do all that binging, Netflix binging. Please do all of that that you want. but. You have to give yourself at least an hour a day of exercise. It's just not good for you not to do it. My friend, Laura, who I mentioned her earlier, she sent me a workout and I was like, I can't do this. The whole workout was with five pound barbels. And I was like, I didn't have anything like that. But then I realized I had two cans of white kidney beans 
And I've been doing this ex this workout every day. It takes me like 40 minutes to an hour with the two cans of kidney beans. And it's like the best workout because you're grabbing the cans of beans and trying not to let them go. And it just kind of gives you like these powerful forearms. I'm gonna look like Popeye by the time this is over. Another thing I've been doing to keep myself happy is I've been having Zoom dates with my girlfriend, Lydia. Lydia yes. and I haven't seen each other now for two months. It's unbelievable. She's in Florida and I'm in New York. Oh. And it's very hard, but we've been having We've been having Zoom dates. We love watching the certain TV shows we love watching together. So we've been watching our favorite shows together. Like we're both hooked on Homeland. So we got to see this series finale of Homeland together on Zoom. And you know, there's all kinds of things. But listen, you, you have to exercise every day. Now I get to do my walk. Um, for other people, it's not so possible. Another thing that I get to do is we have a common roof deck where I live. So I've been going up on the roof and exercising on the roof. Wow. That's what I'm going to do after I get off with you is go up on the roof and work out because the sun came out. But just whatever you do, do some push-ups and sit-ups or walk in place. You you Most people I know are cleaning their homes like they've never been cleaned before. You're going to have the cleanest house and apartment that you've ever had. But you can also do that and exercise at the same time. Just keep moving. There was this flyer I remember seeing in this 55 plus community I visited. And it was in the gym and everyone in the gym, they were all in their eighties and they were working out like hardcore. I was like, oh my God, holy shiitake. And so I saw a flyer up that said, never, ever, ever stop moving. And it's true, just yeah. don't ever stop moving. Even if that's your only workout is that you just keep your body moving around your home, stretch, feel, heal. You're gonna feel like a great person when you get out of this. You I was telling, yeah, I was telling a friend of mine whose mother-in-law, right, lives with them. And they were saying, ah, blah, blah, blah. Because I gotta tell you, the number one thing that got hit hard here, off the charts and is not gonna be funded are all of our senior centers. And mm -hmm. I tried to reach out to the, the cities and say, okay, out of everything, right? Can't you throw a few bucks? Because a, a lot of people, this is their only outlet outside. You know, they get picked up, they go, they have right. dances. I mean, it's a ruckus. It's like a crazy thing. And so I was saying to my friend, get your mom like one of these things that I got when I couldn't walk very well. And it's like this little thing you could sit down and it's like a little elliptical. It's only like 150 bucks for this thing, right? Great. And you put it down and you're like back and forth, back and forth on the thing and you're moving. But that tip you just gave about that is probably to me the most important. Even if you get yourself a stretch band, right? Right, you gotta keep moving. I have uh, my good friend uh, Celeste is taking dance classes every day. I think they're free dance classes that they're posting on, I don't know if they're on cable or on the web, but she gets to do these dance classes every day. So, I mean, I always wanted to learn how to salsa. I tried to do it one time. I, I took these salsa classes with my friend Mendel and he had two left feet and I had, I had, I didn't have two left feet, but I'm Jewish. And, it's very hard for Jews to learn how to salsa dance. I don't know. It just doesn't go. I love, I love to, I love to do salsa dance. I love it. Maybe you'll teach me sometime. Doctor. I will. I'm learning through the uh, YouTube on the TV, West Coast Swing. 
Nice. We can I can't do it. Um, chef, I want to make sure before this hour goes by so quick, and I want to thank everybody that is following us on social media. Uh, Heather, thank you. Popped in uh, saying to you, I think, hi, Mama. I like Heather, I like you already right there. Um, right. But how do people find out more about you? And, you know, we want to make sure we stay connected to you on social media, right? Right, absolutely. Because you're also planning some things and you share a lot there too. Right. Well, I, you can always find out the latest on me through the website, theragingskillet.com, and through my Facebook page, Chef Rossi NYC. I'm on Instagram where I, I really talk a lot on Instagram. I don't know why. I just like that format. And that's Chef Rossi NYC on Instagram. And then I'm Chef Rossi on Twitter. And I think that's, I think that maybe that's it. I haven't done any of those other things, TikTok and schnick schnock and whatever. I don't know. I need more teenagers in my life. Or you need your own Jessica. Yeah. Oh, you need something. My girlfriend <laughs> Lydia wants you to know that she's taking Zoom yoga classes every day. And wow. she says that she's getting so buff and so stretched. She's feeling very sexy. So, hey, you know what? It's the Corona workout plan. And, and you know, and that's really part of this, too, because, you know, we have, have, have advanced so far. Uh, look. I thank you for joining me. I'm going to have you come back. And what I'm doing is I'm creating a panel and I want you to come back. Gina Rivera, uh, who is the hairstylist out there doing business of, business of one. She's all about people that are entrepreneurs. I'm going to create this panel. And so I hope you will come back for that. Absolutely. I come back anytime to hang out with you, Dr. Pat. And do me a favor, mm -hmm. these people that were on here today and they don't know what to do with the potatoes or something, uh -huh. you got to call them and help them out with that. Oh, absolutely. Listen, if you want any kind of recipe, you can email me through the ragingskillet.com. There's a little portal there to email me, or you can send me a message to Chef Rossi NYC, my public Facebook page. There's all kinds of ways to find me. I'm always available. I'm yeah. not single, but I'm otherwise always available. And I just also want to say, Dr. Pat, you know, I really want to thank you for being an out loud and proud gay woman because we really need more powerful, positive gay women out there just holding the message loud and clear. Especially this year, they just canceled the gay pride parade yeah. in New York. And that's so sad that we can't gather and have our moment, our most special day of the year. And I've been thinking of all kinds of great ways that we could still get our pride on. And one idea I had was the same way we yell out the window every yeah. night at seven o'clock at night, maybe for Pride Month or at least for Pride Day, you know. We could open up that window maybe a little earlier, like maybe yeah. around six o'clock and just say, happy Pride, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. Say whatever you wanna say, but we have to keep our pride flowing. We do, and the thing that we're, we didn't talk about today that I do wanna mention is, one of the most difficult things for young people and any people in general is to be part of a community and not come out or feel like it's safe to talk about it. Right. And so the people that are out there, we want you to know, we know you're there and we're here to help you. 